Welcome to He That Hath Ears, Listen Podcast. My name is Dave Krupa, a Christian and student of the Bible. Each episode, I will share lessons I learned from God's Word to help on the Christian journey in everyday life. Thanks for spending some time exploring the Bible with me today. Now, let's listen. Turn your Bibles with me to Joshua chapter 23, verse 11. Take good heed, therefore, unto yourselves, that ye love the Lord your God. Do I love the Lord? Well, sure. I cultivate my natural abilities for use in His kingdom. I use my mind to learn the rich treasures of His word. I know many facts of truth. I believe in God. I give of my means. I praise Him. But what about 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 1-3? through 3? If I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but do not hath love, I have become a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy, and I know all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. And if I give all my possessions to feed the poor, and if I surrender my body to be burned, but do not have love, it profits me nothing. Did I answer my own question too quickly? The accuracy of my answer turns on several points. I have to ask myself, do I truly understand the meaning of love? According to Vine, love is born of honor, esteem, and reverence. It fosters a reverential love toward God and a practical love toward those who are partakers of the same, and a desire to help others to seek God. This love rises above sentiment and finds its meaning in the character of God. God is love. So love can only be known on the basis of the action it prompts. In other words, Love always gives without expecting something in return. Why do we love God? 1 John chapter 4 verse 19 says, We love Him because He first loved us. Because of who He is, wherefore we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28. O love the Lord, all ye his saints, for the Lord preserveth the faithful, and plentifully rewardeth the proud doer. Psalms 31, 23. I love the Lord because he hath heard my voice and my supplications. Psalm 116, verse 1. We love the Lord because He promised our preservation, because He hears our voice. How about because He alone gives life? 1 John 5, 11-12 And the testimony is this, that God has given us eternal life, and this life is in His Son. He who has the Son has the life. 
He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. What are the responses of love? John chapter 14, verse 15 says, If ye love me, keep my commandments. So we can see the first response of love is obedience. The second one may be well-pleasing to him. In other words, serve his interest. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 9 says, Wherefore we labor that, whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. The response of love is not by doing something for him, but by serving man. And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, ye have done it unto me. Matthew chapter 25 verse 40. By serving Christ in faith, Romans chapter 14 and 18 says, For whether we live we live unto the Lord, and whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live therefore or die, we are the Lord's. The response of love is by the whole manner of our life. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 8 through 11. For you were formerly darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth, trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. Do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but instead even expose them. The response of love is sacrifice for or love of the brethren. First John 3.16 says, Hereby perceive we the love of God, because he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Another response of love is obedience. That, like obedience of a child. Colossians 3 and 20 says, Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. Once we can say we have the right response, how do you measure love? I've heard many people say, I love you, and then somebody will say, I love you more. How do you measure love? Well, first thing I think is all of my interests must be secondary to his interests, which are totally outside of himself. Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind regard one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interest of others. A perfect example of this was the Macedonians in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 1-5. through 5. Now, brethren, we wish to make known to you the grace of God which has been given in the churches of Macedonia, that in a great ordeal of affliction their abundance of joy and their deep poverty overflowed in the wealth of their liberality. For I testify that according to their ability, and beyond their ability, they gave of their own accord, begging us with much urging for the favor of participation in the support of the saints, and this, 
not as we had expected, but they first gave themselves to the Lord and to us by the will of God. Although meager in means, Paul tells us that the Macedonians gave abundantly. Another measure of love is that family ties become subordinate to God, as characterized in Luke chapter 14, verse 26. And yet another measure of love is the ability to remove all impediments that get in the way of his love. Let's look to Mark chapter 9, verses 43 through 47. If your hand causes you to stumble, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life crippled than having your two hands to go into hell into the unquenchable fire where their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. If your foot causes you to stumble, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life lame than having your two feet to be cast into hell where their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. If your eye causes you to stumble, throw it out. It is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than having two eyes to be cast into hell. Now, I don't believe Jesus is telling us to actually go around and cut off our limbs or poke our eyes out. But he is making it quite clear that when you're talking about the love of God and the love towards God, nothing should stand in the way. Another measure of love is my devotion to his word. Paul told the young preacher in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 15 and 16, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be shamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. But shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness. Oftentimes in these podcasts, I will quote many scriptures. Your job is not to believe me, but to actually search the scriptures and decide for yourself. You are to study to show yourself approved. I need to study. My devotion for his word will allow me to have a great measure of love. And this devotion to his word is intended for us to know and follow the truth. Jesus said in John chapter 8 verse 32, And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Our measure of love shouldn't be viewed as restriction, but rather the love of him. Romans chapter 8 verses 14 through 15 says, For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of slavery, leading to fear again, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by which we cry out, Abba, Father. How great is it that our love and the love of God towards us allows us to be adopted as children of His. But unfortunately, not all who receive God's love are willing to accept it. If we look at Matthew chapter 19, verses 3 to 12, we'll find a little story. Some Pharisees came to Jesus, testing him and asking, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any reason at all? 
And he answered and said, Have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female, and said, For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother, and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh? Side note, notice Jesus is quoting scripture. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let no man separate. They said to him, Why then did Moses command to give her a certificate of divorce and send her away? He said to them, Because of your hardness of heart, Moses permitted you to divorce your wives. But from the beginning, it has not been this way. And I say to you, whoever divorces his wife, except for immorality, and marries another woman, commits adultery. The disciples said to him, If the relationship of the man with his wife is like this, it is better not to marry. But he said to them, Not all men can accept this statement, but only those to whom it has been given. For there are eunuchs who were born that way from their mother's womb, and there are eunuchs who were made eunuchs by men, and there are also eunuchs who made themselves eunuchs for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. He who is able to accept this, let him accept it. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, we are told in John chapter 3. Yet, not all who receive the love of God can accept it. Now, I used an illustration of what Jesus had to say on marriage and divorce. That, I'm sure, is a very hot topic in today's society. So to those people, I will point to Deuteronomy chapter 13, verses 1-3. to If there arise among you a prophet or a dreamer of dreams, and giveth thee a sign or a wonder, and the sign or the wonder come to pass, whereof he spake unto thee, saying, Let us go after other gods which thou hast not known, and let us serve them. Thou shalt not hearken unto the words of that prophet, or that dreamer of dreams. For the Lord your God proveth you, to know whether ye love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. Clearly, from these verses, we are to reject false teachers and false speakers. Another measure of love is my zeal for his work. His is the work of redemption. Our faith is meant to go forth. For the word of the Lord has sounded forth from you, not only in Macedonia and Acadia, but also in every place your faith toward God has gone forth, so that we have no need to say anything. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 8. From Philippians 1 and 5, we can learn that we are to be working as partners for the gospel's sake. And in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, we are told that we are intended to be workers. When it comes to zeal, nothing beats giving it your all. And in John chapter 15, verse 12 to 14, we see, This is my commandment that ye love one another just as I have loved you. Greater love has no man than this, that one lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. 
Jesus, a long time ago, gave the ultimate sacrifice to show his love for the entire world. It's only through his zeal and his commitment and obedience that we are able to have an eternal life with God. Many times when we talk about love, it's in the superficial sense. But God's love to us is anything but superficial. We often sing a song in our worship service. I gave my life for thee, my precious blood I shed, that thou might ransom be and raised up from the dead. I gave, I gave my life for thee. What hast thou given for me? My Father's house of light, my glory-circled throne, I left for earthly night, for wandering sad and lone. I suffered much for thee, more than thy tongue can tell, of bitterest agony, to rescue thee from hell. And I have brought to thee, down from my home above, salvation full and free, my pardon and my love. Do I love the Lord? I absolutely do. And I hope you do as well. As we consider this question, as I started, we need to think about, does our actions actually show how much we love the Lord? Thanks for listening. W. Clement Stone wrote, That which you share multiplies, that which you withhold diminishes. If you found this podcast enjoyable, share the link with someone you care about.